are listening to Julia's Trucking Cafe News Hour. Hey everybody, welcome to Julia's Trucking Cafe. Everybody staying safe out there? Are you having a good week? I'm telling you, this weather weather is nuts. I was driving through Indiana, not while I'm doing this show. Everybody asked me that. And I'm like, you know, I do have to take a break, 10-hour break, and I normally can't sleep 10 hours. But anyways, I'm driving through Indiana, and um, one minute it's raining, just got snow dumped on, then it warmed up, then it's back to raining again. You don't know. There again, like I was telling you my tip, if you see spray coming off of trucks or car tires then it's not frozen if you do not see spray then you're running on black ice and you better slow your butt down but anyways welcome to julia's truck at cafe glad everybody's back to listen to me here on the cafe and as always let's get started i have lots of news to get to First in the news this week, California Highway Patrol calls out a truck driver for a fuel pump blunder. A California Highway Patrol poked fun at a truck driver for his forgetfulness after he got done fueling. Back in January, the Highway Patrol Truckee Division shared a cringe-inducing image of a semi-truck with a fuel pump still connected to the tank. No, it wasn't the fuel pump still connected to the tank. There again, my source that I go to for the news likes to over-exaggerate. It was a nozzle with a hose that he left in the tank, and they have automatic snap-off at the pump so you don't have fuel gushing everywhere she likes to be over dramatic when she writes but anyways they caption this post you done messed up Aaron and to any of the truck stops in Nevada you might want to check your pumps might be missing something and some of the Facebook users uh, marveled at the truck driver's forgetfulness and others admitted to making the same mistake. Kevin says, happens a lot more than most would believe. Worked at the Flying J for three years and lost count of how many big rigs and autos drove off with pump handles with hoses still attached. Fawn says, oopsie, about as embarrassing as a motorcycle rider dropping their bike at the gas station. It happens, can happen, to experienced drivers at least one time. Hope no other cars were damaged by the hose in traffic. And uh, another Kevin says, people make mistakes. I've done it myself. And I got to say, it is one of the most embarrassing things that ever happened to me. Laugh out loud. Fortunately, the service station keeps a supply of these because it apparently happens all the time. Now, our next story is a Tesla driver rear ends a car hauler but blames the autopilot on the car. A Tesla owner shared a dash cam video of a collision that a tru- with a truck that he said was the fault of the car's autopilot system. You shouldn't have autopilot on when you're in traffic, numbnut. The video clip was shared on Twitter and um, Zaviari said a happy Model 3 owner here driven 20,000 miles on autopilot, wondering why my car started moving when the semi in front of me was stopped, why all sensors suddenly ignored the giant semi. I hope Tesla can provide answers as I'm not confident to use the autopilot again. Well, guess you learned, didn't you? 
Tesla has repeatedly stated that autopilot is intended to assist as a driver assist system and not a fully autonomous driving system. From their website, quote, autopilot and full self-driving capability are intended for use with a fully attentive driver who has their hands on the wheel and is prepared to take over at any moment. While these features are designed to become more capable over time, currently enabled features do not make this vehicle autonomous. So there you go. He's in standing traffic. You know, stop and go traffic, and he expects the autopilot to work. OMG. But in other news, a pickup truck fatally strikes a trucker standing on his steps of his rig in a Florida interstate. The Florida Highway Patrol says that charges are pending against a motorist after he allegedly struck and killed a semi-driver. This crash occurred at around... 4.15 a.m. back in January on I-4 in Florida. Police say that 52-year-old truck driver hauling double trailers pulled off onto the emergency lanes of westbound I-4 and was standing on the driver's steps outside the truck when the crash occurred. Hence why you guys you don't, and ladies, you don't pull off on the shoulder of the road. It don't freaking work that way. And it's illegal. Troopers say that 21-year-old Travis Hudo driving a Dodge pickup truck for unknown reasons veered off the interstate into that shoulder of the road and struck both the driver and the truck. The truck driver was thrown under his own semi by the force of the collision. He was later pronounced dead at the scene. The driver of the pickup truck was not hurt. Our condolences go out to, and it's FedEx, to the FedEx driver. And a little happy news. This is kind of an unusual place. Calling all moms out there. How would you like to have, give birth in a New York truck stop? A special delivery was made when a baby was born at Chicagoa New York truck stop. The baby was born January 17th at Jim's truck stop. According to the report, a truck driver couple thought to be from Minnesota stopped in at Jim's truck stop on Friday night. During their visit, staff heard screams coming from the women's restroom. When employees went inside, they found that the woman, who was eight months pregnant, had just given birth. Um, her water didn't break? Maybe she had to go to the bathroom and then her water broke? Manager Brian Deegan said, yeah, I didn't believe it when my employees said she just had a baby inside the ladies' room, and I thought they were joking. They weren't joking. So I called right away, and the ambulance was here within less than two minutes, and she was at the hospital probably 15 minutes after that, end quote. Mom and baby Nora were both released from the hospital with a clean bill of health. Well, congratulations to the couple that have a brand-new bouncing baby girl. And she's going to be a, tr I'm sure she's going to be a truck driver in training. Now, remember in my last episode, uh, episode 74, when I said that the California Highway Patrol found a truck driver that was missing on a snowy mountain road? <laughs> yeah, guess how he got there? Followed his GPS. In this updated story, the California Highway Patrol provided additional details about the stranded truck driver who was rescued after two days of being stuck on a mountain road. The California Highway Patrol released new information about a missing truck driver who spent two days stranded in Shasta County during a winter weather storm. Their Northern Division Air Operations described the circumstances leading to this rescue. 
On January 16th, and I quote from the article, 2020, at a, approximately 3 p.m., a gold Volvo tractor with a white trailer was reported overdue by their company. The driver was supposed to be at a specified location at 6 a.m. to deliver that day and never arrived. GPS locations from the tractor placed the vehicle on Big Bend Road, west of State Route 299. Due to inclement weather and poor roadway conditions, no aircraft or vehicles were able to conduct a thorough search of the area. Two days later, on January 18th, at approximately 8 a.m., the weather improved and Air 11 responded to the air to search for the vehicle. After approximately one hour, Air 11 located the vehicle on Summit Lake Road, approximately 20 miles from the last GPS location. Air 11 made contact with the driver via the public address speaker and appeared uninjured. H-14 responded to the scene and landed to rescue the driver. H-14's crew contacted the driver, confirming he was uninjured. H-14 transported the driver back to Benton Air Park. The driver was assisted with finding a hot meal and a ride to a local hotel. Yeah, he's got his hands in his pockets and everything. He's not really happy. Downer Pass also chimed in via Facebook and using the driver's experience as a reminder not to rely too heavily on your GPS. Northern Division Air Operations recently rescued a truck driver on a snowy mountain road. Remember, don't follow your GPS trying to go around a road closure. You could end up like this guy or worse, dead. So there you go. And in other news, a truck hauling beer cans ejected in a fatal crash. Texas police say that a truck driver did not survive an early morning single vehicle crash that left the roadway littered in beer cans. The crash happened on Wednesday just before 4 a.m. in Houston. Police say 35-year-old truck driver was hauling a load of Bud Light beer cans on I-45 right around Farmers Road 1960 when he left the interstate, crashed through a guardrail, then hit a tree. He was ejected from his vehicle onto the interstate during the crash. The Houston police say the impact of the tree sheared open the tractor portion of the truck and unfortunately the driver was not restrained by a seatbelt. He was ejected from the vehicle and landed on the outside lane of I-45. The truck driver passed away from his injuries at the scene. No one else was hurt. The incident shut down portions of the interstate for several hours for investigation and extensive cleanup efforts. Yeah, there was Bud Light beer scattered everywhere across that interstate. Talk about alcohol abuse. Man. And a man, in other news, man is sentenced for scheming to steal a trucking company from the owners. Federal authorities say that he used trucking company revenue to pay for personal housing, furniture, and a family vacation as well. They say that an Indiana man was sentenced to more than four years in prison for a fraud scheme where he allegedly perpetrated against the owners of a trucking company. Back in January, Douglas Ray Thomas was sentenced to 51 months in prison two years of supervised release, parole, and $692,457.13 at restitution in the U.S. District Court of Minneapolis, Minnesota. 
Thomas had previously pled guilty to one count of wire fraud and one count of failing to account for and pay over employment taxes. The IRS detailed the scheme. I quote from the article, According to the defendant's guilty plea in documents filed in court, from September of 2013 through June 2014, Thomas devised and executed a fraud scheme to gain control over the assets and revenue of Northwoods Trucking, Inc., a transportation company located in Duluth, Minnesota. On October 18, 2013, Thomas and former owners of Northwoods Trucking entered into a stock purchase agreement in which Thomas agreed to purchase all outstanding shares of the company for $730,000. As part of the agreement, Thomas agreed to make initial payment within five days of closing. Despite failing to make the initial payment, as well as subsequent payments pursuant to the purchase agreement, Thomas assumed control of the company in December of 2013, and shortly thereafter began transferring Northwood's trucking business revenue into a bank account that Thomas alone controlled. According to the defendant's guilty plea and documents filed in court, while he owned and operated the company, Thomas repeatedly failed to pay many of the company's liabilities, including fuel and insurance for the company's trucks, payroll to employees, and employment taxes due to the Internal Revenue Service. Instead, Thomas used a significant portion of Northwood's trucking business revenue to pay personal expenses and debts, including housing, furniture, and a family vacation. The total loss caused by Thomas's fraud scheme is approximately $730,000, in addition to $57,792.13 in employment taxes that he failed to pay to the IRS. They're going to get you. You can't screw with the IRS. They're going to get you. Okay? Just, just plain and simple. Just don't even try it. They're going to get you. It may not get you now, but they'll get you down the road. And a former NFL star on the run after allegedly assaulting a truck driver. Police have issued an arrest warrant for a former professional football player who was accused of assaulting a moving truck worker. This happened in January in Hollywood, Florida. Issued a warrant for 31-year-old wide receiver Antonio Brown on charges of burglary with battery. Charges are related to an incident that occurred on Tuesday at Brown's Florida home that began when a moving truck driver arrived to drop off a load of items that he had been hired to deliver from Brown's California residence. The truck driver said when he asked for the $4,000 payment, Brown refused. Really, dude? The truck driver said that he then attempted to leave the scene with Brown's property still in his truck and that Brown responded by throwing a rock, damaging his truck. It's reported that as the argument escalated, Brown climbed up on the truck, forced his way into the cab, and began to hit the driver. The driver said that Brown's trainer, Glenn Holt, took the keys from the ignition and unloaded Brown's belongings from the trailer. Really? So you're going to tag team the guy? What a dork. I'm sorry, Antonio Brown, you're a freaking dork. Pay up what the hell you owe. The truck driver says that he suffered cuts and scratches from the assault. Holt has been arrested, but police have not yet taken Brown into custody. Brown has not played in the NFL since he was released by the New England Patriots during week two of 2019 seasons after he was accused of rape. That's He was allegedly accused of rape. Not saying that he did it. But, dude, you know, you made your gazillions. Pay the guy a measly four grand. You know that's chump change. Come on. 
all over, you know, your stuff. And it's only stuff. Now back in, let me see, I got to dig a little bit. 20, last year, January 2019, this time last year. Uh, remember when that trucker got roughed up by security guards I told you about? If not, you can um, go back to that episode. I'm not sure exactly what episode number it is, but um, a husband and wife trucking team say that they succeeded in fighting the criminal charges that was against them in the wake of a violent altercation with security guards at a distribution center in Mississippi. Many members of the trucker community will remember the case of Clinton and Shannon Kirker after viewing the viral video of their September 11, 2018 altercation with security guards at Metro Foods in Olive Branch, Mississippi, if that rings any bells. The incident began when the Kirkers arrived at the D.C. center to pick up what they thought were the ordinary grocery load. They later learned that the load was actually a much higher profile pharmaceutical for the CDC load. The Kirkers were not familiar with the security procedures at the facility and tried to leave and then become involved in a physical altercation with several security guards. Yeah, some of these security guards, you give them a badge and a uh, a flashlight and they think they're gods. Both Clinton and Shannon Kirker say they suffered various bruises and scrapes at the hands of the security guards. Shannon Kirker was taken to the hospital for treatment. Clinton was issued charges of assault and disorderly conduct following the incident. The wife was never charged. In 2019, Clinton was, Mr. Kirker was found guilty on the charge of interfering with a business disorderly conduct in DeSoto County Court. A charge that Kirker said could result in six months probation, 30 days in jail with a $500 fine. In a video posted just after the verdict, he said this basically states that we as truck drivers have no rights. We have to do whatever security guards tell us to do, even though they are not the police. The Kirkers vowed to keep fighting and filed an appeal. Back in January, the Kirkers finally got the result of the appeal and what they were looking for. Uh, They dropped the disorderly conduct, interfering with the business charge, so not guilty on simple assault and charges dropped on the second charge. He explained that the guards did not show up in court, and he felt it was because the prosecutor neglected to subpoena the guards and didn't want to prosecute me with only a video. Not only did the Kirkers defeat the criminal charges they were facing, they also say that they filed a civil suit in September, of course, against Metro Foods. Security contractor Paragon Systems, Inc., and the security guards involved in the incident for the physical and emotional damages that they incurred. So, uh, yeah, let's get some little bit of money out of the deal, you know. But granted, you know, according to the video, he got roughed up and everything. But if you're being mouthy, they don't have to take it either. So, you know, uh, they were put down on the ground. And this episode of Julia's Truck and Cafe is brought to you by My Patriot Supply. As truck drivers, we all know what it's like to be at a shipper's or receiver's and have to wait to be unloaded for hours on end. Am I right? Especially produce coolers and paper mills and even growers. So, My Patriot Supply is emergency food plus survival gear. They have food kits that are good up to 25 years. And they come in a slim line tote that you can easily store in your food pantry or underneath your bunk. I can speak from experience after living through Hurricane Katrina in my mobile home. 
We were without power for 10 days, my mother, my son, and I. And if it weren't for the MRIEs that were flown into us, we wouldn't have had any food. Four 60-foot pine trees broke in half during that storm and landed across my driveway, landlocking me in. So I couldn't get out for food. And there were four mile gas lines then. If I knew then what I know now about my Patriot Supply, I would definitely have had some of this food stockpiled in my pantry. Now, for a limited time, you could get a one-week supply of food for just $39 in a cool-looking ammo can. And they even have gluten-free food for just under $100. All you have to do to get yours ordered today is go to my website at juliastruckatcafe.com, click on the Emergency Food Supplies tab, scroll down and click on any image to find out more and how you can order yours. Stay prepared for anything that happens. You need to do it today. With the weather being crazy like it is you really need to order some my patriot supply and have extra food in the bunk under your truck let's get back to the news a truck stop giant announces a big name change pilot flying j announces its company would transition to a new corporate name pilot company <laughs> End of January, company leaders announced that Knoxville, Tennessee, headquartered Pilot Flying J would be moving forward with a new name, Pilot Company. The new name is intended to serve as an umbrella that captures the total portfolio of the business as it continues to expand its retail and energy operations. They also debuted a new logo. Okay, it's block letters that says company underneath. Nothing real fancy. So yeah, so now they're going to be the pilot company. So now you get to change everything again. And I'm unsure if you remember this, but the young man who beat the driver with rocks when he tried to rob him gets off with pretty much a slap of the wrist. An Idaho man pled guilty to charges relating to beating a truck driver during a robbery attempt was sentenced to prison. This happened back January 23rd. 24-year-old Stolmi Ray Adaki was sentenced to 57 months in federal prison to follow by three years of supervised release parole, according to the U.S. Attorney's Office, District of Idaho. Uh, I think it's Adakai, A-D-A-K-A-I, had already served six months in a, a tribal jail, so his sentence was reduced from the original 60, 63 months for those six months being served. Adakai pled guilty to a charge of assault resulting in serious bodily injury back last October when I reported on this. The charges stem from an assault that occurred in September of 2018 on the Fort Hall Indian Reservation in Idaho. A Missouri-based truck driver, Amos Phillips, was asleep inside his truck, which was parked at a TP gas station off of I-15 near the Fort Hall Casino. Phillips had visited the casino on a 34-hour restart. Phillips later told police that as he was sleeping, an unknown male later identified as Atakai broke into the cab of a truck and demanded money. When Phillips said he didn't have any, Atakai reportedly beat him with rocks in both hands. Phillips survived the attack but suffered a broken nose, a broken orbital bone, your eye socket, and a brain hemorrhage that doctors say could have resulted in death. And he only gets five years. 
let's say 57 months, maybe I'm bad about it. See, it's um, 62 months is, is five years, so it's a little under five years. Wow. Phillips later told the local paper, he's externally I'm fine, but from the beating I may never be able to go back to driving. He has a hematoma or a blood clot on the brain, and they have me on some very serious medications. Because of that, he can't drive commercially. So he lost his, you know, uh, wherewithal to earn a living, you know? So hopefully he's uh, suing this young man for uh, in civil court. And in, in Idaho, the charge of assault resulting in serious bodily injury, the punishable by up to 10 years in prison, a maximum fine of $250,000, and a term of supervised release up to three years. So the max was 10 years is all he could get. You know, damn near kills somebody over a, a little bit of money. And in our next story... Two are dead in a massive explosion at a Houston warehouse. This happened again. I'm I'm always playing catch up, people. So I'm I'm very very sorry that I can't stay on top of the news, but was driving full time and everything. And I know I apologize a lot about this, but I just really want the new listeners that just come out and listen to the recent episodes. I really want y'all to understand that with driving seventy hours a week, I try to get this in here when I can. So that's I'm I'm always playing catch up, and not the red kind. Anyways, back to the news. Authorities in Houston say that at least two people were killed in an explosion at a manufacturing facility. The explosion occurred about 4.30 in the morning at the Watson Grinding and Manufacturing Facility in northwest Houston. Residents reported hearing and feeling the blast 30 miles away from the site. Several homes were knocked off of their foundations by the blast. Houston's police say that the debris field is about a half a mile in circumference. Police have confirmed that two people were killed in the explosion. It isn't clear how many were injured. Authorities say they do not believe that the explosion was a terrorist act or intentionally caused. Firefighters say that they have secured a leaking tank of propylene on the facilities. Propylene is flammable and can explode. Watson Grinding and Manufacturing provides machining and thermal spray services. The ATF is assisting the Houston Fire Department in that investigation into the explosion. And a logistics company in Kansas announces layoffs. Hundreds of employees will be out of work after global logistics company cuts jobs at a Wichita location. D.B. Schenker will lay off 255 employees at its Wichita location. The mass layoffs are related to the halt of production in the Boeing 737 MAX. D.B. Schenker was the main logistics provider for Spirit Aerosystems Distribution Center. Spirit has announced its own mass layoffs related to the Boeing 737 MAX production halt. Spirit says that approximately 2,800 employees will be laid off. The company released the following statement detailing the layoffs. D.B. Schenker were reducing its workforce at the Wichita, Kansas Distribution Center, Notice was issued under the Worker Adjustment and Retraining Notification Act on January 20th, 2020. Approximately 255 employees will be affected by the change. D.B. Schenker is taking the action to adjust to order demand by our client. We are committed to working through the transition and supporting our employees in a manner consistent with our core values. 
And a woman is charged with homicide after a crash that killed two truck drivers. A Georgia motorist is facing several charges following a deadly crash that happened late January. The crash occurred at 1.30 in the morning on I-85. When police arrived at the scene, they found two semi-trucks and a passenger car had collided in the southbound lanes of I-85 near Swanee. The police department described the multi-vehicle crash in a news release. Based on their preliminary investigation, evidence at the scene, and witness statements, it appears as though the incident began when the driver of the passenger car, Leah Fox, age 28, lost control of her gray 2009 Mitsubishi Eclipse and made impact with a guardrail on the right side of the roadway. One of the semi-trucks struck the Mitsubishi as it reflected off the guardrail and re-entered the roadway. The tractor-trailer was being driven by Robert Kent. The, tra- uh, the truck continued forward and struck the center median wall. The movements of the second tractor trailer are still being investigated, but investigators are looking into the possibility that it made impact with the Mitsubishi and the other, the first, semi-truck after their impacts. The driver of the second truck has been identified as Raymond Samuel, age 50 of Decatur. Notification has been made for the families of both Kent and Samuel. Alcohol isn't suspected to be a factor in the crash, police say. Authorities say that they suspect that the weather could have contributed to the crash. So both truck drivers were killed. Police say that after her release from the hospital, Knox was arrested and charged with homicide, vehicular homicide, failure to maintain lane, and two fast four conditions. She's booked in the local county jail. And a $6 million lawsuit filed in a trucker's fatal plunge off the Chesapeake Bay Bridge Tunnel. Now, this trucker pa- uh, passed away back in 2017. I've been seeing this on Facebook. This is not new. This is happened in 2017, but the wife has filed a lawsuit. The wife of a truck driver who lost his life when his rig fell off... Uh, uh, fell off the Chesapeake Bay Bridge Tunnel in 2017 has filed a multi-million dollar lawsuit alleging that he should never have been allowed on the bridge in the first place. uh, Let's see, this happened right around the last week of January. Uh, Billy Joe Chin filed suit against the Chesapeake Bay Bridge Tunnel for $6 million for negligence in the death of her husband. Uh, He died on February 9, 2017, after his truck plunged off the bridge into the Chesapeake Bay as he hauled a load of empty pallets south on a 17-mile-long structure. The cab of the truck separated from the trailer and sank. He was spotted after the crash. He was able to get out, and he was standing on his trailer when he was rescued by the Navy helicopter as he was floating in the water, but died on the way to the hospital from hypothermia. The Chesapeake Bay Bridge Tunnel own wind policy forbids trucks hauling empty and light trailers from crossing if wind speeds are higher than 46 miles an hour are recorded. According to the lawsuit, wind speeds of 50 miles an hour were recorded in the area and near where Joseph Chen went over the side of the bridge. In the weeks following the crash, police heard from several witnesses who said that the truck was blown off the bridge but concluded that the crash was most likely due to driver error. Really? 50 mile an hour winds and in a light truck and you expect the driver to stay on the road. Come on. 
According to police chief Edward Spencer said back in February of 2017, I quote, he went to pass the tractor trailer. He cut over in front of a passenger car. Once he got over in the left lane, he ran up on the curb and through the guardrail, end quote. According to court filings there, Officials are arguing sovereign immunity against Chen's suit, a tactic designed to protect government entities from frivolous lawsuits. Since the Bay Bridge Tunnel opened in 64, about 15 vehicles have fallen off the bridge, resulting in 18 deaths. And inspectors are to crack down on driver requirements during the 72-hour blitz this year. January 27th, the Commercial Vehicle Safety Alliance announced the dates and area of focus for this year's International Road Check Inspection Campaign. Remember, it's usually in June this year, it's gonna, or July even. This year, it's going to be in May. We'll take this year, the Road Check 2020 will take place May 5th through the 7th. Commercial Vehicle Safety Alliance, otherwise known as CVSA, also said that this year's area of emphasis will be on driver requirements, and I quote, they point to Federal Motor Carrier Safety Administration data that shows that in 2019, 3.36 million inspections were conducted, and during these inspections, 944,795 driver violations were discovered, of which 195,545 were out of service conditions. During road check, most drivers will undergo the North American Standard Level 1 inspection, which is a full deal. And you could read more in the article here about what their procedure and what they just pretty much list what the heck they're going to be looking for. And this will be in the show notes under episode 75. With last, quote, with last year's federal electronic logging device full compliance mandate in the U.S., the Alliance decided this year's international road check would be the perfect opportunity to revisit all aspects of roadside inspection driver requirements. The CVSA elected to conduct a road check earlier this year, hoping that most of the inspections would take place in favorable weather than in early June when road check usually occurs. Uh, they added, we're aware that some drivers opt to stay off roadways during the three days of international road trek, although it is certainly an increase in the number of inspections conducted during it. It's important to remember that inspections are conducted every day of the year. Inspectors will be inspecting commercial vehicles a day before it starts, the day after it ends, as well as any other day of the year. Yeah, hint, 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 hint. But anyway, I still try to get off the road then. And in, in this article, a driver gives a head-scratching excuse for not strapping down his load. Officials in Georgia say they caught a truck driver who had an unusual reason for his load securement violation. Back in January, the Georgia Department of Public Safety shared the violation of the week. Officer advised that the driver thought the load was heavy enough to not be strapped down, and not a single strap was used. It was a load of lumber, and he had it in what the flat better call a Conestoga, which is not the kind with the wooden sideboards and the canopy on top. This is the regular, the whole flatbed is a big canopy, and you can see it kind of wobbling up and down the road or uh, down the road and such. Uh, that's a Conestoga, and what they do is they it's like a big accordion. You can unlatch it from the back, and you can push that, uh, tarp that's 
on its own frame. You could push it all the way up to the front of the trailer. And so they loaded a load of wood on there. The guy never strapped it down and then wonder why the hell when he made it turn, there's wood all over the road. And another load shifts and topples a truck on the West Virginia Turnpike. Guess what? You were going too fast. The video was shared by a Facebook user back in January and scary situation, prayers to the driver. He walked away with no injuries. You know, uh, you can watch the video at the bottom of this article that'll be in the show notes. And I greatly, greatly appreciate all of you who tune in each and every week to listen to me on the cafe. If you are new here to the cafe and you would like to check us out at the bottom of every podcast episode uh, and on the website at Julia's Trucker Cafe, I have links that I've listed on where you could find me like iHeartRadio, YouTube, iTunes, Pandora, Spotify, Spreaker, and many more. Or also on Facebook, don't forget to give us a like and join our discussion group at Julia's Trucker Cafe regulars. On the website at juliastruckacafe.com, if you go to cafe menu, there'll be a drop-down menu. And this is along the toolbar on the top, just underneath the picture, uh, at the headline of the website. They'll click on that cafe menu, and then there'll be a drop-down menu. And I have all kinds of different pages. That's the main hub of everything of the website is under the cafe menu. Just like a menu of a restaurant. I share recipes, videos, stupid stuff that drivers do, all kinds. I also have, uh, check out our after hours discussion group on there as well. Anybody can leave a comment. You don't have to be on Facebook. Anybody can leave a comment on our discussion group. That's Julia's Truck at Cafe uh, after hours, I believe, or shoot i even forget what the what the home forum board is is a happy hour my bad it's julia's truck and cafe happy hour i if you wouldn't mind please subscribe to our email list i will send you the show notes right to your inbox instead of you having to hunt them up this way you don't have to keep coming back to the website even though i'm glad that you do and in the future like next month i have a big announcement where you can possibly meet me in person And if I have new things coming out, you'll be the first one to know if you subscribe to the newsletter. If you're on the email list, you'll have priority in getting those new things, like I just said. have been listening to Julia's Trucker Cafe Trucking News Hour. Check us out on Facebook and Twitter. Take care. Have a blessed day.